looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And we have a new celebrity brand. Uh huh. I'm going to read you a quote from the artist Sierra <gasps> about her new venture. And I'm going to see if you can guess what the brand is. Okay. From my first sip of, I'm not going to tell you the thing. I was immediately transported. Not only is the product exceptional, but Mark has helped the brand establish a clear and authentic point of view. I knew immediately that I had to get involved. I couldn't be more excited to help the brand build on its amazing foundation. Invite new audience to rediscover their love of blank through 10 to 1, which is the brand name. What is she selling? Okay, so audience has to rediscover its love of a Mm -hmm. drink. What's every celebrity selling right now? Tequila. Right. It's tequila? No, 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 no. She's saying she needs to invite new audience to rediscover. So it's not tequila. So it's what are people not drinking that they need to rediscover? Like gin? Not gin, but... I mean, there's only like rum. rum. It's rum. Rum. It's rum. <laughs> Sierra rum, selling because rum. Because rum is a little... Right. Rum is kind of a bitch. No one wants to drink rum anymore. <laughs> I'm joking. That's not true. People drink rum all the time. People drink rum drinks all the time. But you're right. It's not a trendy... I think I think a sweet drink, which is often a rum drink, is not a trendy drink at this point. People want to drink a sour or like a or like a bittersy drink. Well, according to the Ten to One website, this is rum reimagined, and Sierra Fuck is that. very is very sexily holding the Ten to One bottle and sniffing it. She's drinking it neat. Do people drink rum neat normally? No. I'm just really impressed by Sierra saying, "You know what? Every celebrity is doing tequila. I'm not gonna do this." I'm going to go to rum. The thing is, is like, I do believe that there is really good rum that people drink and oh, meet, yeah. but I've never been exposed nor invited to drink that. So it's like, like you I've need never... 10 to 1. Is that what it's called? 10 to 1? 10 to 1. 10 to 1 rum. I do respect Sierra for going down the like unbeaten path. You know, it's true. The tequila thing is overwhelming. And she's saying, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to do something different. There's a really good, we both read this. I know you read this. In LA Times by uh, Kate Linthicum about celebrity tequila's recent explosion. And they talked yeah. to a lot of like agave farmers in Mexico about like what this has done to their business, both good and bad. And it's like very, very interesting. So, and I think the market is getting incredibly saturated. So Sierra was like, no, 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 no. Right. I'm going to the Caribbean. I'm going to meet this guy and I'm going to invest in rum. You always got to meet a guy. Yeah. I mean, whether She's always it, one step she, ahead. 
She's not doing it anymore. She's always one, two steps ahead. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing about CR. She's always one, two steps ahead. One, two wobbly steps. Okay, yes. Uh We're going to be a top heavy show. This is the funniest thing that happened this week. There's no competition. Absolutely top zero. Heavy. Top heavy. Nick Vile and Natalie Joy. Who are they? Bachelor contestant and current girlfriend. Bachelor contestant and current girlfriend. Okay. And then there's Phineas and Claudia Saluski, who is a, a musician slash Billy Eyelash's brother. And who is Claudia Saluski? <laughs> She's a YouTube, um, a YouTube lifestyle, YouTube person turned girlfriend of Phineas. <laughs> Got it. Okay. They also have a joint, now they have a joint YouTube project. Okay, that's great. So a couple of years ago, Claudia wished Phineas a happy birthday with a, with an Instagram post. And then a few weeks ago, she also wished a happy birthday to Phineas like as like two years later. So these are two separate birthday posts. She's wishing her boyfriend happy birthday every year. That's pretty every much year. standard, standard exactly. practice. <laughs> and she's writing like, blah, blah, blah. I love you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So a couple of days ago, Natalie wished Nick a happy birthday, but she used Claudia's Instagram captions for Phineas from 2019 and 2021. (laughs) The fucking sleuth who put this together, who realized this, do we even know like the origin of who first said this? The viral tweet was from someplace called at Pooh Crumbly, which is a (laughs) (laughs) at Pooh Crumbly whose username, uh, display name is Truthsayer. And they okay, said, at right. Claudia Saluski, how do you feel about the fact that Vile Nicholas 28 girlfriend stole your lovely captions for Phineas word for word? I mean, just whoever, I I, I don't want to give that person specifically credit because we really don't know who first, mm-hmm. but whatever genius brain read this caption and said, I recognize that from three years ago when Claudia wished Phineas <laughs> happy birthday. Like you are, um, you are the one, you know, like you are the, you're Neo. You the this one. is the matrix and you are the one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're it. You're everything. And please reach out to us. Anyways, incredible. She fully plagiarized this in a way that I recognize very much because it is exactly how plagiarism, you get away with plagiarism, which is where you do it carefully <laughs> and really fun in a funny way. <laughs> well, she said, she said, okay, here's the thing. I'm not well, going to plagiarize one caption. I'm going to plagiarize two captions and I'm going to change just enough words. She says, I'm a curator and I will be curating these two <laughs> captions together with my own additions to create something that sounds like Frankenstein me, you know? And it's, I got to say, I'm, as a former writing tutor in college, I recognize this and I kind of celebrate it. <laughs> okay, so this caption, this caption that she typed is 93 words, okay? 93 yeah. words. One, two, three, four, five. Thank you, Timmy, for Timmy color coded this so we could tell which words were new and which words were stolen. So 19 of the 93 words are new. That is just about 20%. So 20% of it is new, about 80% of it is stolen. She wrote 20% and she stole 80%. Okay, so here's the full caption in all its plagiarized glory, okay. courtesy of Claudia Sileski and Natalie Joy's joint efforts. Okay. Okay. This man, you are one of the best ones and anyone who's met you knows it too. I'm so lucky to not only share this life with you, but to love you and to be loved by you. 
You flipped my whole world upside down and given every dream and goal a new meaning and purpose. Your sense of humor, honesty, generosity, talent, creativity, drive, heart, and passion just blows my mind. Cherishing your existence forever. You tear every single fairy tale to shreds. Happy birthday, baby. I love you like nothing else. Okay, then I'll read the words that she added. So these are the only words that Natalie added herself. This man not only share this life with you, but to and to be loved by you. Passion, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. I love that she replaced she replaced this face with this man. Like she knew this face was too specific. She replaced that that face face with this man. That face, because it was a picture of like their faces. <laughs> that face. Did you say she she replaced um? What was the word that she replaced? She replaced with vibrancy with passion. Love that. <laughs> that's like hmm, I gotta shift this one out like thesaurus.com, and I'm like hmm, I gotta use a word that sounds more she, like me, which is like passion. <laughs> Claudia ended her 2019 caption with "Happy birthday at Phineas. I love you like nothing else." And Natalie Joy ended her caption with "Happy birthday, baby. I love you like nothing else." <laughs> Baby. I got to say, being named Nick, I've said this before on this podcast, Nick Vile is such a villain name. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like it sounds it's, like you're it's like just. It's Bondian. It's very Bondian. Nick Vile is kind of just like a bachelor standby. The only funny thing about this relationship he's in is that she slid into his date. She's like the only non-bachelor person he's dated recently. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be working. She's a surgical technologist, according to her Instagram profile. She's also a skilled plagiarist. <laughs> This would definitely get past plagiarism software at schools because it's been you think it would? it's been altered just enough. I think so. It would break the supercomputers. Well, the supercomputer computers aren't scanning Instagram captions, so that's mm-hmm. she would definitely she definitely got away with it. But I just <laughs> I cannot get over whoever's fucking mind, whoever's mind saw this and said this looks familiar. You know. Mm-hmm. Whose mm-hmm. mind did this? And also, who? I mean, I guess it makes sense you'd be following both Claudia and uh, uh, this woman, I guess, in some mm-hmm. realm. Maybe, you... maybe. But who is that person? Wow. Moving on. This is a little Demi. It's a little Demi, but here's the thing. Maya Bialik is just hooey in everything she does. She's embarrassing. She's embarrassing. She's problematic. Yeah, and I guess Neil Patrick Harris has had his hooey moments that we've covered on this podcast, but he is a them, and I do think she's edging in them, if only because, because she not Jeopardy. only has that like nostalgic thing, but she's also still somebody that's talked about, like Big Bang and Jeopardy and stuff. So this I just found to be, not to be dramatic, but this is one of the most homophobic things I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> okay, so... She's joining the ranks of celebrities who volunteer really embarrassing stories while being interviewed. This is endemic. This is literally endemic. We have a problem that mm-hmm. where where celebrities are fucking outing themselves. Like they are not outing themselves in the way you think. They are what is it? They're they're, they're pointing themselves. at themselves. They're telling. That's what I meant. They're telling. They're on literally themselves. telling on themselves. Nobody is asking these hard hitting questions to get these answers, and yet they're getting in trouble, quote unquote, in trouble for things that they are willingly volunteering that are taken semi out of context, but then just look insane, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is I blame the celebrity podcast. This is the this is the problem of the celebrity podcast. It's exactly like Ellen Pompeo starting a podcast and being like, I remember when I told Denzel Washington to shut the fuck up on my set, right. and it's like Ellen, no one asked. Right. No one asked. Literally, Ellen is like, welcome to my podcast. I told Denzel Washington to shut the fuck up when he was directing me. Isn't that funny? And everyone's like, that's not funny. Like, don't do that. (laughs) 
She's told this story before, but I'm just going to quote her most recent version of it. She said this to James Corden. Perfect, perfect. She went to go see Neil Patrick Harris on Rent while she was a teenager. Neil Patrick Harris was in Rent. She was on Broadway, sitting in the audience with her boyfriend at the time. The show ends. Everyone stands up to clap because that's what you do, even if it's bad. Especially if you're sitting close, which she definitely was because she's famous. Especially if your friend is in it. Yeah, really. Quote, when everyone is clapping at the end and you say to your boyfriend next to you, quote, I don't want to stand for this. And then you look up and Neil Patrick Harris is looking right at you. It's a bad day. It's like, yeah, Maya, I don't want to stand for this is the worst kind of attitude to go into if you're seeing a show. That's basically homophobia saying, I don't want to stand for this. You're not a big Rent fan, but if you were seeing Rent, you would fucking stand for that. Yes. If I were seeing Rent on Broadway when Rent was like the number one thing in the world, come on, the number one thing in the world, the number one thing in a a lot of places, the number one thing in some worlds. She goes, he was fantastic. Everyone was so talented. I just wasn't ready to stand up. The fact that I literally said it and then pivoted my head back to the stage and he was staring at me dead in the eye. It was like a sitcom moment. The lights were up and there was nowhere to hide. So we go backstage afterwards and my parents are like, he's not going to say anything. He didn't hear you. And God bless Neil. This is what a relationship is like. He goes, why didn't you say you weren't going to stand up? Why did you say you weren't going to stand up? Laughs. It was so awkward. And I was like, Neil, you were so stunning. I just wasn't on my feet yet, but I'm so proud of you. Okay. I can't, I can't even, I mean, I'm sure there's audio of this, but I cannot read that is the, like, nasty behavior. <laughs> nasty I can't even behavior. Read the tone. She wrote him a note after. She apologized again. And she keeps thinking, he's so fabulous. He's so fabulous. He'll understand. Mm-hmm. And now it's like all she can talk about is how much she doesn't like musicals. She wrote a blog in 2018 called Maya Explains Why She Hates Musicals. And one of the lines is, as an actor, I love acting. I love theater. I just can't handle songs in the middle of dialogue in the very, very exaggerated style of acting that goes along with musicals. Again, homophobic. The people who are in the musicals are incredibly talented and I respect them very much, but it's just not my jam. Cut to three paragraphs later. You know what musical I do love? Cats. Not kidding. I was in an elementary school drama production of Cats and I loved it so much. So maybe the theme of the musical matters to me. Grease and Guys and Dolls, 1950s, love it. Cats, I mean, it's cats everything else no thank you wait so she likes it or doesn't like them this is not it's this is not a up for we can't pick out individual are you listening here she doesn't like them if they're about gay people with aids (laughs) (laughs) she likes them if they're about 1950s straight culture oh cool glad you love musicals about cats like oh great oh my god four reasons mine doesn't like massages her website's the worst (laughs) i'm sorry but as somebody (laughs) I'm going to say, as somebody who has been, you know, who's worked in media, websites, blogs for many years, this is a this is a literal cut and clean case of blogging disease. This is not, this is just, this is just opinions to have opinions. She, for reasons Mayim doesn't like massages is not like a real thing. This is like, I got to fill the space with some vomit, you know? Yeah, Mayim Bialik is Anton Shiger and I'm saying, you don't have to do this. <laughs> you don't have to do this. <laughs> you don't have to do this. People always say the same thing. What do they say? They say, you don't have to do this. Big news. Big news. Yeah? Cases are dropping. (laughs) God. I'm thrilled. Infection rates are lowering. Yep. And the Verve Clico Polo Classic is back. Thank God. I was it wasn't around the, last year. I was worried about the Vuv. I was worried the Vuv Clico Classic wouldn't come back. It was in person. They did a version of it last year that was like, it was like, no we miss you. They did like a, 
a virtual thing where they were like, oh, till next year, like, we would have gone, but we can't. Let's all drink Vove in our homes. Okay. Mm. This year, it's actually happened. The polo game was played. The celebrities went to the <laughs> event. They posed in front of the step and repeat, and every website covered it because a lot of celebrities went. They love the Vove Kuko polo event. It's like everyone dresses like, oh, polo, you know, <laughs> like as if they know what that is, like, and how to play it, you know? Oh, polo. As if that's an American pastime. It's not. Like, I don't know the rules of polo. I don't know how someone decides who wins. I don't even know how long matches last or what you're actually doing with the ball. I know you hit the ball. Is there a net? I'm not sure. I know nothing about the game itself. But if I were invited to this event, I would know how to dress. Yeah, you dress like a ugly Great Gatsby party. So who attended and who wore it? Well, Lindsay, that depends on where you went. Your perception of this event has a lot to do with the website where you read about it. So right. on some websites, this could seem like an incredibly A-listy event. On some websites, it could seem like a very D-listy event. On some websites, it could seem just like straight up hooey. Just sort of strange. So let's talk about how all the websites cover this. E! News covered it with this headline. Gabrielle Union, Charlize Theron, and more stars step out in style for the Vov Clico Polo Classic. That sounds themmy, A-listy, like I gotta click. Gabrielle okay. Union and Charlize Theron? A-list. Mm-hmm. Hello! Exclamation mark. Covered it thusly. Christina Hendricks gives total Mad Men vibes and retro figure flattering dress at star-studded bash. What? That's not good enough for me. That's bad. No, not at all. I don't even, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even click to find out what the bash no. was. Daily Mail did a hybrid of the two. Charlize Theron and Gabrielle Union toast to summer style in solids, while Christina Hendricks says cheers to retro patterns as they lead the stars at the Vogue Clico Polo Classic. That's like that's explicitly, that's explicitly saying like, these are the biggest names that we could Also, that's out, a good okay? headline. It's a good headline. Okay. It's also not rude. They also covered it this way. This is obviously Daily Mail Australia, though. The Australian take. Australian chef Curtis Stone and wife Lindsay Price put on a loved-up display as the couple attend a polo event in Los Angeles. Okay, so then you mention the vote. That's the Australian angle, as we call it. Then we have my favorite angles came from Just Jared and Just Jared Jr. Okay, Just Jared. Jacob Elordi and Kiki Palmer attend the Vogue Clico Polo Classic 2021. It's like, great. Know your audience. Know your audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just Jared Jr. wrote, Ross Lynch and girlfriend Jazz Sinclair joined Jacob Elordi at Vogue Clico Polo Classic in 2021. No idea who those people no are. No idea that is. Then they had extra photos. You know, they had so many extra photos. And so <laughs> Just Jared had this extra. Sophia Bush raves about being engaged to Grant Hughes. Where did she do the raving? That's right, at the Vov Clico Polo Classic How you read the name Grant Hughes and not think it's Hugh Grant could not be me. Because <laughs> every time I see that name, I'm like, Hugh Grant? She's dating Hugh Grant? It's not Hugh Grant, it's Grant Hughes. And let me tell you, it's confusing. The problem with Grant Hughes is that his name looks like Hugh Grant and his face looks like Garrett Headland. So it's like all <laughs> over the map a disaster. <laughs> like, look at him. He looks like Garrett Hedlund, and his name looks like Hugh Grant. He's confusing. Even if you just switched his name, Hughes Grant, which is not exactly correct, I'm still like, it's Hugh Grant. <laughs> Honestly, if if you told me it was Hugh Grant's greatest role yet, I'd be like, wow, he just disappears <laughs> into it. Speaking of disappearing, Hayden Panettiere oh. disappeared and she's back. Hayden Panettiere is, is back, but she's she's back in a big way. Aka, She returned to Instagram after six months and got a haircut. Six months is not long enough to be away. She was with some terrible guy. Her her personal life was extremely dark and sad. And so I think tabloids are desperate for good news to come out of the Hayden Panettiere camp. They really are. And we have some good news. She got a haircut and she looks great. E! News did an amazing job kind of, you know, spitting this into a fairy tale, her mm-hmm. haircut. Do you want to read the full yeah, thing? Yeah, I think we should read the whole thing. Okay. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? Want to just alternate? Sure. 
New hair. Who dis? After taking a six-month break on Instagram, Hayden Panettiere made a glorious return to the social media platform to show off her fresh haircut. The former Nashville actress, whose last Instagram post was in April, took a moment to debut her new do. Even though the fall season is in full swing, the hero star opted for a chic shoulder-length haircut that many typically get in the spring or summertime. <laughs> What's okay? It's so What's funny. More? What's more, the 32-year-old A-lister also got curtain bangs. A-lister, <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Many gushed over Hayden's major makeover in the comments sections, while others reacted to her Instagram return. You're too cute, Savannah Chrisley replied, with one fan writing, Miss seeing you on our screens. Another follower added, Welcome back to Instagram. We've missed you. While Hayden didn't make any mention of what inspired her latest beauty transformation, it could mark the start of a new era in her life. Oh my god, a new era for Hayden Pantier? We're all so diseased when it comes to how we discuss, like, people's lives. A new era? She's not Gaga. She's literally a human. <laughs> Her new era. What's her new era? Like, what does that even mean? Well, the thing that actually made this Instagram post so sweet that, like, this story fails to convey in the lead. Is it's, it's is promo that, for the haircutting salon. It's promo for cute. her for her little hometown. She said, my go-to place since place. I was a teenager. Cindy's the owner and my go-to girl. Her girls and Cindy always make me feel fresh, new, and beautiful. I hope she didn't pay for this haircut because this is a good ad. Every <laughs> time I see them, they're my secret weapon. Hashtag Pink Cheeks. It's a salon called Pink Cheeks. It's so cute. And it looks like it looks like one of those places in LA that's like in a strip mall that's been there for 50 years, like sort of yeah. like it's extremely 70s. I don't know. It's a sweet post. And this story is just like, yeah. she's back. New era. New era. I mean, people are also just, yeah, as you said, people really want Hayden Pantier to be okay. And mm -hmm. she has been off and on not okay. Like this guy that she was dating who was just fucking awful, like literally went to jail for hurting her and she's like seeing him again which or she's been spotted with him again which is awful and so people are you know like you know like haircut she's back on instagram with a haircut you know yeah people are like we're gonna take what we can get yeah i love my helix mattress i love my helix pillow what else is there to say about helix i freaking love it <laughs> What when I sleep on other beds, what is there I else get to mad. say is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my bed. It, I've made it's it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm -hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get. And that's the one I got. And that's the one that I love. And that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm -hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm -hmm. The mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the Helix Rude. so much. So rude. Everybody is unique, and I mean everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently, their bodies are different, and that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper. Some people are back sleepers. Some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders 
orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Moving on. A while ago, Amari... Okay, so Amari and Lil Fizz were both in B2K. B2K broke up. They're all solo acts now. And there was always rumors of, like, tension between Amari and Lil Fizz. Well, we talked about this. Like, they've been fighting and da-da-da. Well, Amarian has kids with this woman, April Jones, and April Jones broke up after having a second baby. And then April Jones allegedly started dating Lil Fizz because they were like in an Instagram video together in 2019. And people were like, oh my God, April Jones and Lil Fizz are together. I bet Omarion's mad. Okay. So like, that's not the most complicated dynamic, but that's years old drama at this point. Well, also people were like, oh, B2K will never get back together because of this rift. Like this Mm -hmm. sucks. Like essentially like we'll never have B2K back. LOL. All the fans were so sad. Right. And this is the era of like old bands, old boy bands, old groups coming back together for nostalgia purposes, like millennial nostalgia. Millennials with disposable income love when their favorite groups of the early 2000s get back together. Right. And B2K is like a perfect example of a band that has members that aren't too famous that they could get back together. Like Omarion is like big, but he's not that big, you know? So they finally got back together. They did this performance in LA over the like over the weekend. And Lil Fizz apologized to Omarion on stage in front of thousands of people. And I was just like, this is such a refreshing way to do an apology. Like, fuck a notes app, fuck Instagram. I'm apologizing to you live in person in front of people. I'm going to play the audio. But I was just like, this is a nice change of pace, I would say. I think it would be right if I didn't take this moment, bro. To publicly apologize to you, man. I did some fucked up shit to my brother. Some snake ass shit. And I'm not proud of it, man. So I want to sit here humbly and sincerely apologize for you, to you. For any turmoil or dysfunction I cause between you and your family, bro. I love that for you, apologizing in person is retro. You're like, wow, just like it used to be, like apologizing in person. <laughs> like, like oh my. It is. Stepping up and saying your apology, quote unquote, like a man. Like, it's just you say that apology. I mean, now I'm like extremely like housewives diseased but like yeah but this is this is a trope on every reality show that includes like a lot of people like having to have these like friendships for the sake of the camera everyone always complains about apologizing insincerely or apologizing to someone else but not the actual person that they're mad at it's like why couldn't you just call me why couldn't you tell me to my face well that's i mean but that's housewives that's housewives canon where no one can apologize not apologizing properly quote unquote is a huge housewives trope and it's like but there is no right way to apologize they're just the way that the person wants to be apologized to so of Mm -hmm. course like they're never satisfied with like the type of apology that they get because it's not the type of apology they want you know Mm -hmm. But I, but outs, outside of Housewives lore, it is like the public apology is like ha- kind of become a farce and it's become kind of a joke because it's very, very insincere. He's there like with his boy on stage being like, I'm sorry. You know, and he being didn't even vulnerable. say what he was sorry for. He didn't say what people, he was sorry for, but, but everyone knew. But people knew what he was sorry for because they said, oh, we haven't, we, you know, we, we've been following this story. Yeah. 
We have all the context. Anyway, it sort of reminded me of this show I really love. There are these, the, the two protagonists, they were kind of getting on each other's nerves and one of them kind of fucked up and apologized to the other one in a way that made the person that she was apologizing to feel a little unsatisfied. And so mm-hmm. finally they got around to it. And the main protagonist apologized very sincerely to the other one. They kind of were starting to work out their differences in a way that I'm pretty excited sure. about. Uh-huh. Great. I'm so happy for you. And I'm talking about the morning show. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alex finally apologized to Bradley, you know? She's not sincere. You know she's not insincere. Remember when Alex said, oh, they're like, welcome back to the show, Alex. And she's like, thank you so much. And then she walks away and her face changes. You're like, oh, this bitch. Do I remember that? Terrible show. Terrible show that we're we're vaguely recapping on our Patreon. So check it out. (laughs) So check it out. Okay, I'm looking at this headline. Joel Edgerton is seen for the first time since welcoming twins with Christine Centenera as the new father pushes two prams during a day out in Paris while his designer girlfriend is busy working hard at Fashion Week. And I'm sort of like, do I even care? We have all this research here and I'm just like, I thought I cared. And now that I'm saying it, like, What's more boring than Joel Edgerton and his wife? The, I mean, I know that this is boring because I've never once thought, who is Joel Edgerton dating? Like, I've never been like, I wonder who Joel Edgerton is dating. She's kind of an Australian who, though. Like, she's a she's like a Eva Chen of Australia. Yeah, she's like definitely an Australian who. She's the senior fashion editor of Vogue Australia. She's why Rita was on the cover. I'm not sure. Does she still work at Vogue or did she work at Vogue and now she's freelance? Because this kind of implies there's both things going on. She currently works at Vogue. But at one point, she was kind of, quote unquote, in bed with the Kardashians because she was mm-hmm. on their payroll. She was advising Kanye. She was advising Kim for a while. But this was in, 19, mm-hmm. this was in 2015. Somebody reported, oh, they're paying her $70,000 a year. $70,000? $700,000 a year. Okay. That's what I found so confusing. I was like, do I believe this? There's no way. Like, the Kardashians have a lot of money, but do they have $700,000 for a fashion consultant? Not even like... It would be one thing if it was like, oh, they paid, what's his name? Who was the French guy who was like the the head designer at Balmain? What's his name? Um, uh, uh, whatever his name is. I know his name. Uh, Oliver Roosting. Roustier. Yeah, they love him. Oliver Roustier. Like if they were paying him $700,000 a year as like a retainer no, to make them stuff, not. I'd believe they're it. they're not. They're but not. But her, $700,000, it just seems a little crazy. Here's my guess though. Here's my guess. I think that's sloppy reporting. I think they got a number of what they were paying her per week in some way and then just multiplied that and said, oh, here's what she's getting per year, which is an insane, which is $700,000. I just think they were probably paying her weekly for like a little bit to advise or something like that math is not correct, you know, because technically. Lindsay, that's so smart. Thanks. That's so smart. That's like freelancer, like bad freelancer math where you're like, mm-hmm. if I make this much money, per week, it's like you're not going to be working for 12 for 52 weeks like that. That's just not <laughs> how it works, you know, like and also yeah, yeah, yeah. like best of luck to you if that's the case. But yeah, uh-huh. it's irrelevant because I think this doesn't even I don't think that she advises them anymore. I think but I do think that that's Kanye's fashion old, yeah. thing came from maybe some of his work with this woman and. That's what I was thinking, too, because her whole aesthetic now with her ex-boyfriend, who is now just her business partner, was named Josh Goot. Their whole thing is this thing called wardrobe.nyc, and they sell curated wardrobes. It's very capsule collection. It's very yes. simple. It's very it's Very Kanye. the row, almost. It's like, yeah. oh, you pay $3,000 or $800 or $5,000, and you get like basically, and you put in all your sizes for all these types of silhouettes, and you get a box of clothes, and it's eight-piece wardrobe, six-piece wardrobe, five-piece wardrobe for 
you know, dressy stuff, casual stuff, whatever. And it's all so basic. I love they have themes. So it's like this capsule is like for beach woman, just beach woman. And you get like kimono, caftan, shirt dress, tank dress, mm-hmm. pajama shirt, pajama pants, short swimsuit, and a and a sarong. And it's like, oh, like that's me, beach woman. I wear my kimono and my tank dress. I wear yeah. my short and my caftan, you know? Yeah. Even though this is absurd to me, like this is ridiculous. Like I see the rich person market here because how many rich sure. people are like, I don't have I don't have time to decide what to wear. I just that's why I wear the same thing every day or whatever. It's like this is for this. But capsule wardrobe has been a thing for a while. Like so many companies were trying to be like like Everlane and them, you know, like everybody was trying to be like, oh, you're you should only buy like, you know, these X things. It's like good for the environment, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't it's still not in the best interest of them to be like, we're going to sell you one shirt only, you know? Yeah. So she is now married to Joel Edgerton. They have a kid together. They've known each other for over 20 years. I guess they were like on again, off again, or they were just friends or something and reconnected. Now that they get, would you call Joel Edgerton a who he is, right? Yeah. He seems like a very try hard who who's never quite made it into them. them, them. I think he's a who because I keep forgetting that he's Australian. He's Australian, right? He's also, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's very Australian. He's very right. Australian. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lawrence, and I'm going to teach Joel Kentucky slang. I'm Australian, uh, and therefore I'm teaching Jen Australian slang, and I'm Joel Edgerton. I never knew he was Australian. Mm. I really like him. He's not in my, like, Australian canon in I, when I think of it in my mind. Like, he's not, like, the, he's like, it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's Nicole Kidman, and, like, you know, you're just listing all these Australians. Like, he's not, I don't think Joel Edgerton. Mm-hmm. He's also not hanging out with, like, Hemsworths, you know? He's not a Hemsworth guy. He's yeah. not in the crew. He's always, like, kind of brooding in the background, you know? He's a little, he's a little interesting. He also always plays, like, the like a villainous, like, angry, abusive, like, man character a lot. Yeah. Don't you think? He's always, like, the mean dad or, like, plantation owner. Or, like, in The Gift, the guy who was, like, bullied, who was, like, scorned. Oh my God, the, the gift. gift, right? Mm-hmm. No, you're right. It's like he he does get little typecast for like mean roles. He's Tom in The Great Gatsby, right? So, but like, that's like who, who's angry? Who's like who? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like yeah. his character's like I'm angry, you know? You know who he reminds me of? Kind of. This is a terrible comparison, but I think there's something close to it. There's a bit of an A-list aura hanging over him, but I think ultimately he's a who in a way that reminds me of Naomi Watts. Okay. There's a struggle there. There's a desperation to be taken seriously, you know? There's like, okay, there's like a, it's like a casting director would like, would go after them and like put them on a pedestal. But ultimately, Mm -hmm. like the public is not receiving. The public is like, we do not choose you. (laughs) We do not choose you. But, you know, the, the producing partners are like Naomi Watts in this like critically acclaimed role. And everyone's like, Okay, you know, like not as excited about <laughs> Naomi Watts in a critically acclaimed role. Like, not so, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. I do think she's more themmy than him, though. For sure, man. for sure. But for it's sure, a good sure, comparison. Sure, sure. Is, is she also Australian? What yes. is she? There's a, okay. She's Australian. There's a desperation there. Okay. <laughs> Stop picking on Australians, honestly, is what I'm saying you to you. You mean to. I'm sorry, Estelle. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Estelle. Okay, I know she's listening. I'm so sorry, Estelle. 
Speaking of things that are encroaching upon them territory, but not really because this woman, I never remember who this woman is. Katie Kirk, them, absolutely them. Katie Kirk is doing the funniest thing in the world, which is releasing a memoir where she just like sets everyone in her industry on fire and laughs, right? That's her it's memoir. Perfect. It's iconic. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. Are you fucking kidding me? This is per- this is the morning show in real life. If if anything, the morning <laughs> show is garbage can, but this is proof that there was something there and and it's true in terms of like, the morning show was taken from the the book and they're like, oh, here's the Top drama of the morning. the morning shows. This memoir, in a way, honestly, kind of gives credence to all that drama that was reported about because coming mm-hmm. from the woman herself, the queen of morning show, she's like, fuck you, fuck this person, hate this person. <laughs> Diane can go suck a dick. Like, actually, da, da, da. you know, it's just very... <laughs> Diane, <laughs> no, but it was. it's not even just Diane can go suck a dick. It's like, Diane can go suck a dick and she probably will. Like, yeah. you know, like, that's <laughs> yeah. what it is. She said that. She's like, who who Diane have to blow to get to get that yes. in there? Like literally, like according to sources who have read this book. Katie's a this bitch. book is <laughs> nasty. Everyone's like, she'll never get a job after this. And I'm like, who it's cares? Like, bitch, she doesn't want a job. You think she wants a job? She loves just sitting at home and like talking shit. The book's not even out, but the New York Post kind of like blew it up. The New York Post kind of posted everything in the book. Big month for books. We got the new Kirk and the new friends and um, <laughs> Oh my God. So one of the stories that's getting the most play. See, I'm almost here's the thing about like book press that bugs What's me. What's the thing it's about like, the book? It's it's like spoiler culture. It's like it's like now I know, now I feel like I have all the reveals. I I really hope I don't have all the I'm still going to read this, but it's just like it's a bummer to be spoiled when it would have been so much more fun to read this and just every page just sort of get a little more wide-eyed. Yeah. But this is the issue with celebrity memoirs and the you work that we do is you you yeah. gotta you gotta excerpt the you know the exciting stuff. So one of the stories that's getting the most press beyond her dumping on Diane Sawyer, which is hysterical, but that's too themy. She really she was like supposed to I don't know mentor or be a support system or be a guidepost for this other journalist who was about ten years younger than she is ten years younger than Katie Kirk, but in the early two thousands. Ashley Banfield also worked. Who I have no idea. That's our who. I don't know who she is, really. I don't remember her. She's a journalist, but she like had an MSNBC show. She had a CNN show. She kind of looks like if she's very like generic blonde lady. Mm. Mm-hmm. She's a very serious reporter. She reminds me of she reminds me of like kind of like Jane Pauley voice, if that rings a bell. Okay. But according to this memoir, according to the people who have read this memoir, Katie Kirk Jane is Pauley the reason. Voice is funny. Katie Couric is the reason that she never really hit the stratosphere because apparently Katie Couric was hearing rumors that Ashley Banfield was trying to like take her out of the chair this and take her chair. This is the plot to the morning show. <laughs> this is the plot. This is the plot. <laughs> so I'm going to quote E.T. Hate and to say, say it, but this is the plot. <laughs> in going there out next month, Couric reportedly writes that she gave the news anchor the cold shoulder after allegedly hearing Banfield's father say his daughter was, quote, telling everyone who'd listened that she was going to replace me. <laughs> wait, she, wait, Couric hold, heard a rumor from this girl's dad, like, bragging mm-hmm. about his daughter? Oh well, heard God. a rumor that she was telling the father. Sure, sure. This is Banfield talking to E.T. about the rumors. Okay. I was pretty shocked. I'm not going to lie. You know, back in 2000, I was a nobody. And so the fact that she considered me a threat, I guess that's flattering. But at the time, I sure wish I could have benefited from her leadership. 
she left NBC in 2004 and she says she hopes Kirk's claims aren't a reason why she didn't stay with the company, which is kind mm-hmm. of a weird way to put it. But she like, doesn't that she know. Wasn't, she says, I hope my tenure at NBC wasn't cut short because of this. I really have wondered why they cut ends with me and sort of at the top of my game. It never made sense. It's been a 20 year mystery. Uh, well, mystery solved. Katie mystery Kirk. solved. Katie Kirk was like, get this woman out of here, please. <laughs> It's like the funniest demotion, too. She went from NBC to court TV, which is oh, hysterical God. to me. Mm. Then she worked her way up and then got a job at um, CNN. And now she just does a lot of hosting. This makes Katie, just Katie looks awful <laughs> in, this, in this specific story. Yeah. But I also think that, like, the other implication of this and not to do the morning show again and the morning show is that Everyone in the business is equally vicious. It's just like, who's the one who's vicious openly? And Katie Kirk is like, I'll take that job. I'll be the one who's vicious right. openly. Everyone well, is as nasty like, as I am. You're either vicious or you're also Matt Lauer and like, fuck that. You know, like exactly. I'd rather Katie Kirk be like yeah. hor- a horrendous, like almost like TV villain in terms of just like moving her way around the workplace than actually like abusing anyone, mm-hmm. which is like what essentially, you know, what he did, you know. And apparently, I mean, there's at this point, there have been no allegations like that made against Katie Kirk. No, we'll at see this if point. that and happens. If, and if it happens, the please don't listen to this segment. Please skip through this yeah, segment skip ahead or take that with a great we don't, we don't have that yet. Anyway, I can't wait for this book. I love that she's barefoot on the cover. It's like she set fire to NBC and then just like walked, like ran on the ashes, like barefoot. She's like, hee hee hee, this doesn't bug me. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Meanwhile, Mitch uh, Mitch Castle is in Italy, and he's making it's a documentary with a with Paula with a, with, with Paula. Anyone, with Paula. No one is watching the morning show. Okay, moving on. Yeah, because if people were watching, if people were actually watching the morning show, not to not to be like the morning show and be like Greta Lee in the morning show. Twitter loves it. Twitter's catching up on it. Twitter's Twitter's responding. Like if people were actually watching the morning show. All that would have been spoken about on Twitter was, was what, what happened, happened on the morning but meanwhile, show. Guess who spoke about what happened on the morning show last week? Critics who are forced to watch it for their jobs, and me and Bobby who watch it for, to to make fun of it and and hate it. So uh, everyone's doing a great job out there. Good job. I'm showing a lot of restraint here by not talking about what happened on Friday's episode of the morning show. But I, I mean, I'm telling you, I oh literally the people who spoiled it for me, which I don't mind it being spoiled, but literally critics, TV critics, like it's not mm. you know not like people critics. Okay. Moving on, we have a little bit of an issue here. Okay, I just, I need to put it I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with this. I am being haunted. I'm being stalked. I'm being terrorized. It's it's spooky month. It's October. It's literally everywhere I turn. I don't, I think we're all having the same experience. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. It's not Michael Myers. It's not Candyman. We don't know who to report it to, and we can't get it to stop. And here's the ad. Let me read you the ad copy. It pays to be 12th trip to the hardware store Rashida, and it will pay to be you too. Earn cash back that automatically adjusts to where your spending is trending with the new City Custom Cash card. Hashtag City Custom Cash. If this doesn't ring a bell to you, I'm jealous. If this is if these words give you the shivers and shake you to your core, well, we're in the same boat because this photo of Rashida Jones holding the City Custom Cash card wearing what can only be described as a giant shirt. I don't know. It, the, sh- <laughs> the shirt is giant. <laughs> what can what can only be described as a giant shirt? I'm going to actually correct you. It can be described as giant and hideous. It is an it's ugly giant shirt. It's a huge shirt. It looks like she's wearing a shirt 
first of all, that's obviously four sizes too big, but that somebody is also blowing air into to make it look <laughs> even bigger. What is going on with this shirt? It's a Rashida Jones in this ad and she's wearing this shirt. And I swear to God, this ad is everywhere. And people cannot stop talking about why this shirt looks like this. Why does the shirt look like this? She is one gust away from being a used car whoop, whoop, whoop person. She looks like David Byrne. Like it is, it is the old, it's, is it supposed to be like she's masked? She's at the hardware store. She's wearing her business shirt. It's buttoned to the very top. You know what I love about the sneaky ad stuff that's happening behind her? They put an orange shopping cart so prominent right behind her so that so that you're like, it's Home Depot, but we can't say that it's Home Depot. Yeah. It reeks of someone saying like, Rashida, we're paying you so many hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this. She's going to trust them no matter what. So it's like the stylist was like, this is chic. You look great in this. And she was like, sure, I believe you. I trust you. But she looks absolutely ridiculous. Rashida Jones is a them, right? I think she could be considered one, I think, because of television, because of, you know, Parks and Recreation, because of nepotism, because of who her dad is. She's got a great, um, I will say, I'm not surprised they use Rashida Jones for a lot of ads because I do feel like she's got that Tina Fey American Express vibe where put her in a big shirt and she can tell you, go to the hardware store with me. I'm in a big shirt. I didn't even watch Parks and Recreation, but I know that from the Parks and Recreation stands, my sister being one of them, like my sister always loved Rashida Jones and just always thought that she was so cool. And I think that that was the appeal there where she was the normal one. She was the one you related to. Amy Poehler was the one who was like... Uptight. Type A. Right. I get the appeal of Rashida Jones. Rashida was the the normal, the the straight man in terms of comedy terms. In terms of comedy terms. My question to you is... People were saying the shirt. Well, no. (laughs) People were saying the shirt was a conspiracy where they did the they made the shirt look crazy and big, so people would comment about the shirt and like say, "Why is the shirt so big and crazy?" I don't think anyone is that smart. And if people were that smart, Citibank would not be a brand as big as Citibank would not be willing to take that sort of risk. Wait, but what if I said to them, "Hey, we're gonna have Rashida Jones do your ad, but we're gonna put her in a shirt that's." almost slightly too big for her and almost the people are too gonna... big. it would be slightly too big for a much bigger her okay <laughs> you we're know? gonna put her in a giant shirt that doesn't fit her and we're just gonna say nothing about it and i bet people will respond <laughs> that's like really good marketing you know i would say the only way i would agree with that is okay. if it were done really really sneakily among maybe four people on set because if the person who was connected to the Citibank brand found out that that was the strategy, they would say, absolutely not. People cannot stop talking about this giant shirt. Are, am I wrong? You're not wrong. Half of my Twitter RTs I see are people being like, what's the deal with this shirt? <laughs> this shirt is demier than Joel Edgerton. <laughs> I, I'll say that much. <laughs> Casting directors are like, we got to get in touch with this shirt. But, the, but what do you think about the conspiracy theory? I just think that like it's fun to imagine that, but I think the truth is always so much more boring than what you think. No, I think the only people that imagine that are people who are work in marketing or content or whatever themselves because they're like, everyone, this couldn't possibly be planned or whatever. But then when you're actually planning content or making ads, you're never like, let's put her in a giant shirt. You would, you would oh. put her in a giant shirt and make a joke about the giant shirt. Because all of these things on a set like this, like if this were, if this were just like Twitter copy, if this were not an image, I would say like, you know, the social team has a little autonomy. I think maybe they could get away with doing things like this. But this is a photo shoot. Like this went through so many people. Like they would have to get that approved by so many people. And I just don't, 
I don't see that. No, no. I mean, you've wor- you've ranks. actually worked in advertising, and you understand. But I will say, you worked in advertising almost before kind of meme the the dunk uh, in the yeah. dark and and yeah. you you not saying that you're old but you did you were in an era of more traditional and now it's very much how can we get this memed how can we get this talked about i was in an era when people were still making fun of digital where people right. were still making fun of social right. and not really seeing the point so now i mean none of us have this experience because we haven't worked in advertising since then but now can you imagine what it's like to work in advertising Maybe. and people are just begging you to make a giant shirt happen the only thing that that gives me pause is that the brand is as stuffy and boring and as old Citibank as Citibank. Or whatever. Yeah, you're if right. this were for some from Instagram startup, I would say absolutely 100%. I believe you. My tinfoil hat is on. But like here, right. uh-uh. Right, right. Okay. They, this is just right. a mistake. This is Rashida Jones being incredibly trusting. It's just funny that like how many people do you think looked at this image and, and said, okay, it's a go and didn't – no one said, the shirt is a little weird. It's huge. <laughs> It doesn't fit her. <laughs> Here's the thing about the shirt. The shirt almost, the first time I saw the shirt, I was like, that's a big shirt. That looks a little strange. But I truly did give it the benefit of the doubt because I was like, you know what? Maybe this is a trend that I haven't figured out yet. You know how like high-waisted jeans were a trend and everyone made fun of them for a little bit. But now they're like extremely common. I was like, maybe oversized unisex shirts are the new thing. And I'm just late to the party. But the more I look at it, the more I'm like, there's no fucking way that this is chic. There's no way this is chic. Anyway, okay, uh, the shirt. Who are them? Shirts of who? The shirts of who? Rashida Jones. Mm. I'll call her a them. Oh, she's a them. Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills, so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep. Up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample dash policy. Spot pet insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. The relationship segment this week is actually quite short. What a thrill. What a fucking thrill. I I feel like it's great because we've it's been, it's gone long. Sometimes it has yeah. some fun stuff, some fun nuggets in it, but I, mm-hmm. I do sometimes feel like if we're relying on just breakups and get togethers, this really has become just a, it's like a uh, one bah, of those bah, bah, you know the, bah, bah. the newspaper section where it's like married, divorced, died. I don't want to be that. <laughs> you know? We never do talk died, but the you know the paper does. Yeah. We have a few splits. This is a maybe split, though, because In Touch Weekly reported that Kristen Ritter and the guy that she was, uh, she had a kid with and was dating for a long time, who was in the band War on Drugs, right? War on we Drugs, talked yeah. About him, yeah. um, she, they split that they they were reporting that they split, right? And it was picked up by the Daily Mail, mm-hmm. um, but in the Daily Mail as well as in In Touch, when they reached out to their people, it says. A source close to Kristen Ritter later denied the pair splits, telling in touch, this is not true and they are still together. <laughs> so they're not together. I mean, they are together. So they are together. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I don't know that I believe in touch, but. But the source said they're still together. And am I believing in touch's rumors or this like source that says they're still together? I kind of believe the source over in touch being shady. I guess. Moving on. The other split, Dale Moss and Claire Crawley, bachelor people. 
these two have been on and off, on again, off again. He was she was the one she like left the show for. God, I don't even want to talk about this. But, but there's drama here. But there's a slight bit of drama here, which is sort of fun. Yeah. So they got back together after splitting. But now apparently they've split, quote unquote, for good. Love to hear it. Which has nothing to do with this drama, but also kind of does. Also, he they, they split. And one of the reasons they claimed that they split was he was spotted at like events without her, including Fashion Week events and a recent Coldplay concert. No, 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 no. no. We hear he no, was no, 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 also no, attending no, 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 a no. recent screening no, 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 of the no, no, new no. movie Dear Evan Hansen at the Whitby Hotel with a group of male friends. <laughs> I love going to see Dear, An- Dear Evan Hansen with a group of male friends. Don't you? There's like something very it's not right, but it's okay about this. You know what I'm talking about? Like, if you saw if you saw Dear Evan Hansen with a group of male friends, why are there only two tickets, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Wait, how does that fit? Friday night, you and your boys went out to eat. Uh, <laughs> they saw Ben Platt, but you came home around three. <laughs> if Sipsy all saw Evan Hansen, then four of you were really cheap, because there were only two <laughs> ticket stubs. I saw your credit card receipt. It's not right. But it's actually not all right because they broke up. Um, but the drama that actually people were that Bachelor fans were talking about that kind of cracked me up was that she put this post out that was like really emotional. Actually, shout out to our friend Kate, who was like, oh, I saw that. But did you see this thing? Which is like mm-hmm. Kate knows everything. So Kate knows everything. Yeah, she does. And she was like, did you see that whole drama? And I was like, no. And I pulled it up and it was like she poked Claire Carly posted actually a very sad Instagram about how her mom is not well and she's like spending time with her in hospice and like stop asking mm. me about our relationship and da da da. And on that post, she tagged this woman named Abigail Herringer, who is from The Bachelor as well. And she tagged her and she, and people were like, why is this woman tagged on this post, right? On a heartfelt post that's not about her at all. Almost like a threat of a tag. But then the post, the tag went away, which as you pointed out, the tagger or the taggy can untag them. This is the plot thickened a few days, however, when Claire shared a very cryptic Instagram post referencing the split and subtly tagged Abigail. Abigail quickly untagged herself from the post. But my question is, did she untag herself? You can't tell whether somebody untagged. You can't tell who untagged. Who untagged? Because uh-uh. it could have been Claire who untagged. This says also Claire's post came just a couple hours after Demois shared an anonymous tip about a potentially scandalous Bachelor Nation hookup. Okay, and this was the thing. A Bachelor favorite hooked up with a Bachelor Nation recent winner who may or may not have been on a break earlier this year. One of them is in paradise right now, but the producers won't mess up her good girl edit. So people were saying this is the one and they're claiming, oh, she saw this and said, fuck you. The last relationship news. Keisha Knight Pulliam, Rudy Huxtable from The Cosby Show, is married to a guy named Brad. I just, I love, he's an actor. He's not a, he's not a civilian. He is a professional actor. They met on the set of Pride and Prejudice Atlanta, which was a TV movie. Keisha Knight Pulliam, very classic, vintage. Classic child star. Classic child star, but still works actively. Still works and also like there's no darkness there. No darkness. She was also in, she's like in Hallmark movies and stuff too. She makes the rounds. She's not quite uh, Lacey Chabert, <laughs> but, but she she's, is, but, yeah. she's doing the holiday movie circuit. 
Mm-hmm. But they met on the set of a TV movie called Pride and Prejudice Atlanta, which is a great place. That's like, is there a better meet cute than a no, Jane it. Austen adaptation on TV? And movie I'm that... like so mad I haven't seen this one. Like, I'm just like pissed that I didn't I didn't know that there was Pride and Prejudice Atlanta. The the Bennett parents are Reginald Val Johnson and Jack K. Harry. That's what I'm saying. I'm pissed. Like, I can't talk about Jack K. every week and not watch Pride and Prejudice Atlanta. Um, well, it's very easily watchable on Amazon Prime right now. But they got married. They mm. got engaged. I think we may have briefly mentioned it when they got engaged last December. But now they are fully married. And that's mm-hmm. cool. That's like nice after mm-hmm. these like kind of sad split stories. I know. We had to have an, a, a like marriage to like, you know, bring mm. it back together. But Brad James, his most recent thing that he's in is he's in Outer Banks. He doesn't have a huge role in Outer Banks, but that really means nothing to me. I just know that when I see Outer Banks, I get triggered because I'm like, oh, my God, that's a hugely popular show that I want nothing to do with. (laughs) Nothing to do with. It's more just like there's a lot of drama within that I don't even want to delve into. But I know the two stars were dating and maybe they're not. Okay, actually, again, see, I just started doing it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, Okay, you have another gay rights, gay wrongs segment. Gay rights, gay wrongs. So we have gay rights, gay wrongs. Let's start with gay rights. Remember the guy who plays football and he came out and he said this, my favorite coming out video of all time. I just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. Yeah. (laughs) Obsessed. That is gay rights. He came out. He wanted to take a quick moment to say that he's gay. And now he's dating someone. And surprisingly, it's not Gus Kenworthy. It's not any of our Insta famous gay hunks. It's just a normie. Can I say he's got a little bit of an Adam Rippon thing going on? It's a lot of bit of an Adam Rapon okay, thing going on. Okay, he kind of looks like him in a little, <laughs> yeah. in a way. Okay. It's a lot of bit of an Adam Rapon thing going on. His name is apparently, allegedly, Eric Godzinas. So the internet sleuths found him, and he uh-huh. posts photos with this Carl Nassib but guy. But he only has nine posts on his Instagram. Like, only, I think, three of them have Carl in them, to use Daily Mail language. They're a little loved up in them, but there's no, uh, like, kissing. But they're clearly loved up. They're clearly loved up. So the thing that I noticed is when I... Found his name. Wait, uh, saw him written. Hmm? What? Sorry, the caption on this one is just "Go Sports." <laughs> just like, no, yeah, it's the gayest <laughs> caption of all time. Yeah, no, but like he literally is dating this like football player, and I just thought it was funny. Anyways, what "Go Sports" translates to in gay is this. Just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously. <laughs> so when I Google his username, the cached result says he only has 879 followers. As of recording, he has 2,300 followers. So this was clearly he had like, like someone found him. It got written up in like Hollywood life or something and they put him on blast and now he has a ton of followers. But this guy's very much a civilian. Like uh, it, no, I, I love feel, it. But they're dating. It seems like they're right, dating. You feel bad that like he's being like, it's not fair. But, that he's, but, like... but I noticed he hasn't gone private yet. He only went private yeah. on his Twitter. He but literally he's like, cap- mm, captioned it go sports. He loves this shit. He was like, you know what? I'll keep my Instagram open, but my Twitter, I'll move private. Okay. Gay wrongs. Gay wrongs. What's a gay wrong? Yeah. What's the gay wrong? Taryn Manning was engaged to a woman named Anne Klein. We talked about this, right? Maybe. We talked about it when it happened because it happened just like two months ago. Taryn called it off. <gasps> Taryn called it off. An insider an insider close to the Karen star. First of all, the Karen <laughs> stars. So. Well, she's in that terrible, like yeah. made for TV movie where she plays a racist white lady named Karen. So Anne performed, was performing live, I guess she like sings, at this place in Panama City, and then she jumped off the stage and like proposed to Taryn, and Taryn was so overwhelmed that she said yes, but she didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like she just waited like two months to let everything die down so she could say, you know what? 
I don't really want to do this. Like, mm. this is a great relationship, but I found someone new. Sources told sad. the publication that he was featured in a photo she shared to Instagram about a week ago, though she appears to have quickly deleted the post. <laughs> I got to say, yeah. when sources have to tell you that there was a photo that got deleted and no one got a screenshot or gives a shit, it's pretty funny. That truly means no one Sources gives a shit. say they saw a photo on Instagram that got deleted. <laughs> Before we move on to Rita, this is iconic. It's surprising to me that it took us this long to get here, but... I don't know. There's something about this that makes me feel good. There's something heartening about this Nina Ogdal press event. About Nina Ogdal posing on a posing on a giant blue couch um, for a COVID test company. Is that what you're saying? Posing maskless on a giant blue couch for a COVID test company called Let's Get Checked. And she's lying on the couch. She's sitting on the couch. She's curled up on the couch she's on the pillow she's on the back this couch is so big that it has steps for humans it's like she's the size of a dog <laughs> i think the reference is like from your couch like get help from your couch like that's the yes idea you can do of all it. of it at home but the translation to this press event is just let's get a giant blue couch like huge and put nina ogdahl like in the couch it's like she even has to have, have like stairs up to the couch the couch is like too big who did nina ogdahl famously date Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. Right, 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 right. Um, Who did she non-famously date? Just kidding. It doesn't matter. (laughs) She's posing with a COVID test. Like, I can't get over the fact that, like, we are here. I'm telling you something. Like, Fauci keeps saying, like, we're just going to have to learn to live with this. Like, what is more emblematic of the fact that COVID is just something we're going to have to live with now than Lena Agdal posing on a a big giant couch in the middle of New York City telling people to get checked from home? Yeah. There's something heartwarmingly normal about this. Yeah. I feel like it is representative of like this new stage we are in. Ca- right. Well, it's also just like everything turns into capitalism too. It's like even our, <laughs> right. you know, even our like most desperate times, our most desperate measures to keep people alive, we still like mm-hmm. transform the pandemic into capitalism now. <laughs> and it's now on the, we're now on the other side. There is something not comforting, but comforting about the idea that COVID testing is so everywhere that you can now monetize it and ca- and make it, you know, turn it into product. Yeah. You know? First of because all, it this, should, it should yeah. be free and it should be as easy as possible. Well, so like, the, this ad, this specific ad for this company, this company does testing for all different types of things. So they're just like, yeah. we're a, we're like a genetic testing company that you pay for, but we also do COVID tests. So they're, yeah. they're, they're selling their product by saying, oh, it tests for COVID too. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. you can get free COVID tests. It's not. Yeah. You know. Just go get a free COVID test. Yeah. Don't get this. Don't get this. Don't get this ad. You don't need to go sit on this giant couch. Nina. No. Is, you need a, there's no. There's no space for you. If Nina hands you this for free, take it. Fine. But like, you know, in most places you can find a place to get COVID tested. If for free. Nina hands you this for free. They have her like on the side of the street just handing them out. Nina. Okay. What was she wearing? Where was she seen? She posted what on Instagram? She's the Who Queen. Tens of people want to know all about the number one Who. Lindsay Bobby, tell us now. What's Rita Ora up to? Who is this woman? Rita obviously did a lot of things this week. We're only going to talk about one because it was just so overwhelming. And we honestly, we spent money on it. So we got to get our money's worth. Yeah, it's like I spent $15. I spent 15 pounds on it. So 15 pounds, which is with with fees. I think it's $15. I think we're about even. Oh, no, it's more. 
20, 20 bucks, 2040, $20.40. What? I spent $20 on this? Well, it's uh-huh. weekly money. Um, Rita Ora performed in the Eiffel Tower. Remember how we were worried that she was going to perform in front of the Outside. Eiffel Tower? Guess what? I have to say, she did not let me down. She performed in the Eiffel Tower in a very specific way that I found fascinating. And her special was like pretty good. It was good. And the thing I liked the most about it, because, you know, Rita isn't the most dynamic performer in the world. Like she doesn't do a lot of dancing or moving, but she is pretty magnetic. She did a lot of outfit changes. But what I liked the most about it, and something that Rita Ora does a lot, and I'm being sincere here, when she performs live, she doesn't tend to perform songs as they are sung on the album she does (laughs) like mixing up her performances and so all of these songs though i am like intimately familiar with every single song that she performed on the eiffel tower like somewhere in the middle not quite on the top not on the bottom i think it was right in the middle they sound really fresh they sounded very unique like they were they were a little more dramatic they were a little darker they were a little more stripped down But I liked the setting of the Eiffel Tower in that you could see the mechanism of what it looks like up close, which I've never been on the Eiffel Tower. But oh, it's like you could see. No, I've only seen it. I've never been in oh, it. It's You've cool. Been in it. Yeah. Yeah. You can see the like structure of the Eiffel Tower and the lights, you know, those the flashing lights that it has mm-hmm. now. You could see the bulbs. They were flashing them. And then you had her like kind of hanging off the side. There were a few shots, obviously like a drone shots of her. There were some where she was kind of walking down one of the like the alley, the, mm-hmm. you know, hallways of the tower. And you could see France, France. You could see Paris out behind her. <laughs> I mean, the, you could see France. The, the the only complaint I would say is that you couldn't really see the full Eiffel Tower with her in it because the way that mm-hmm. you had to like zoom in. So there weren't a lot of shots that kind of proved that she was on the Eiffel yeah. Tower in a way. You kind of yeah. had to just like trust that she was and not like in some sort of warehouse. <laughs> I'm so like morning show pilled that I was like, is this just green screen? Like every time they cut to Lake Como, I'm like, this is Los Angeles and that is a Lake Como on green screen. There was one really cool shot that was like she's leaning over the banister and you there's a shot like looking up they had a camera the down Eiffel there tower yeah. and you're like okay there she is on the tower like there there were cool shots but i'm 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 not disappointed she she performed on and in the eiffel tower <laughs> i think it's very cool but i there's also an argument to be made i think where like if she had performed on a stage in front of the eiffel tower with the eiffel tower this persistent thing I know, behind it her been cooler. I it know, would have been, been a little cooler because even as a silhouette the eiffel tower is very cool I, even though i complained and said if this bitch doesn't go inside the eiffel tower i think they heard me complain they said oh i guess we got to get in there because Lindsay's gonna be pissed <laughs> well i think what happened was the eiffel tower has some bills to pay they set off those lights like eight times a day like they needed someone to pay them they haven't had tourists on that eiffel tower in like a year and a half mm. we need rita aura money on this like we need to pay our bills we're behind it was like- cool and it was fully in case you're wondering it was f- so fully sponsored by lancome like lancome like bought paid for this oh, entire thing you the know, opening like- is like the like yeah. beauty shots of the makeup table when she's getting I know, there, they're gorgeous. which is getting red. They're gorgeous. 
They're gorgeous. It was also sponsored by all of her. I think every everything that she wore was very specific. Like that weird gratuitous shot of her and her lingerie was yeah. a very famous lingerie brand. It must have been. She woke up in her lingerie and like looked out at the Eiffel Tower and like had a coffee and then like took it up. And she sounded really good. And I like that every single version of the song was a new, it was a new take on a, you know, an old favorite. No, I think she's she's doing the like Britney Spears toxic jazz. Like she does it for every song. And also so many of her songs are duets or uh, like in dance remixes that I do think that she always has to slow them down so she can get a slow song. She sang her duet with Liam Payne by herself. <laughs> by herself. She also sang Black Widow by herself, which I love because I hate <laughs> Black Widow. But without Iggy Azalea, Black Widow is such a more tolerable song. Yeah. No, she's got it. Did you know this? Okay, you probably knew this because I feel like you're more in tune with stuff than I am when it comes to this. But like Uh Black Widow was originally a Katy Perry song and actually Katy Perry co-wrote it. I knew that. It was supposed to be on Prism and I never realized it sounded like one until I actually paid attention and I was like, oh wait, this is a Katy Perry song. The reason she didn't put it on Prism is because it sounded too much like Dark Horse. Right. And she had become friends with Iggy Azalea and was like, you can have it. And she gave it to Iggy Azalea. The song ended up doing pretty well. But the Katy Perry demo is online like it fully leaked oh is it good when you hear Katy perry sing let me play it for you it sounds like it sounds even more like dark horse than ever you're just like this is such a Katy perry song i got my little black dress on and some blood red nails yeah i'm packed with poison going out for the kid it's like oh duh no shit right like it sounds more like Katy perry when Katy perry sings it than when obviously rita ora sings it but Mm -hmm. yes it's like the same song i think when it came out people were like very similar song but it didn't matter as much because katie wrote them both you know what song she didn't sing in the eiffel tower what i will never let you down is she still banned from that song no she's not but maybe she has just like hard feelings about that song kind of bummed me out i wanted to hear her sing maybe taika was like i don't want you to sing your ex-boyfriend's love song it's her best song, so... It's her best song. Okay. Okay. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly. Keep calling in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns for our Friday show. Um, thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our Rita theme song. Thank you to Timmy for being such a great research assistant. And thank you for listening all this way. Support us on Patreon.com. Oh my God, did you even remember to talk about our shows on the top oh, of the episode? No. Wow. Awkward. Come to our shows. Come to our shows. You can buy tickets at whoweekly.us. Live shows. We just added a after party for LA. We just we have two after parties mm-hmm. in New York with DJ. They're free. Louis. They're free. They're free. You just, um, but you should RSVP. You should RSVP. They're free with RSVP. You do not need a ticket to come to them. Um, if you do yeah. have a ticket, you should definitely still RSVP. But uh, you should be good. Uh, for the for the Bell House one. Well, the LA less than one. a month until the tour. Less than a month until the tour. That's exciting. And I gotta say, yet again, cases are going down, baby. Okay. Well, we hope you come. And if you need to get tested, just find Nina Agdal on the street. Just look for a big blue couch. Just look for a giant blue couch. (laughs) But seriously, it's uh, Vax required. Uh, We'll see you then. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. We're going to put her in a giant shirt that doesn't fit her. And we're just going to say nothing about it. And I bet people will respond. (laughs) 